Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, we have a special mini-series just for you. We're going through the entire first season of King of the Hill, and you can only hear it if you're a $5 and up patron at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. We're giving the Talking Simpsons treatment to all 13 episodes of King of the Hill's first season, and if you want a free sample, you'll find the first episode available for free in the Talking Simpsons feed. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. It's the only place you'll find the first season of Talk King of the Hill. Made you go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to Talking Simpsons where justice smells like hot dogs. I'm your host, Lame Wad Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Wiggle Puppy fanboy, Henry Gilbert. And who do we have on the line? Hi, I'm Kate Raft. And today's episode is This Little Wiggy. I know you, my daddy took your beer. Today's episode aired on March 22nd, 1998, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> Oh boy, Bobby, the postman beats out Batman and Robin at the Razzies. Will Smith's getting jiggy with it is at the top of the Billboard charts, or jiggy wit it. Hmm. And James Cameron is king of the world at the Oscars as Titanic wins just about everything, except for the acting awards. Both those lead ones goes to Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt for the Jim Brooks film, oh, As Good As It Gets, yeah. which spells the end of the, the beginning of the end for the Hank Azaria Helen Hunt relationship. <laughs> So sad. They're so happy together. Um, so yes, the Razzies—they've lost all relevance at this point, correct? Uh, you know, I, they still give. Uh, well, everybody just hates on movies so much now. It's not as—it's not as special. I, I think everyone wrote them off when uh, whatever year Transformers came out. Mm. They made a lot of transphobic jokes while talking about oh, Transformers. Dude, they, oh, that's and people were like, "What are you doing, Razzies? We thought you were fun." <laughs> Damn, Razzies yeah. are canceled. <laughs> I didn't know that. I did see at the most recent Razzies. It was one of those rare times where the actor or actress shows up and it was though for one of their rare positive awards which was like most improved kind of award for Melissa McCarthy for getting nominated <laughs> most improved Oscar. odor well it's because she did get nominated for an Oscar the same year as Happy Time Murders yeah ooh, ooh. Uh, yeah <laughs> Those felt like the biggest Oscars ever, where it was everything was Titanic, just Titanic, Titanic, Titanic over. Oh and over. yeah, what a great year! Titanic is my favorite movie, so really, okay, that, yeah, yeah, that was a great Oscars for me <laughs> as a as an eight year old. Bob has never seen Titanic. It's true, and I heard it's wow. too late. I heard it's too late to watch now. Are you kidding me? No, it's not. <laughs> it's one of those movies where I feel like I've seen it all through parody. I could stitch the movie together based on all the parodies I've seen so far. You know what? You gotta see Titanic. All right, all right. You gotta. I'm getting around. To it, I swear. Uh, the, and the Will Smith getting jiggy with it, that was like his return. That was his final real run at rapping, it felt like. Uh, I think so, yeah. Well, I guess there is Men. No, Men in Black was 97. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Great, great rap song in the <laughs> for the end credits of Men in Black. It, give, it gave uh, comedy writers of the time a new funny word to put in the mouths of old people or jiggy, rich people. Yeah. Like, I, am I jiggy with it, sir? I, I do believe Simpsons did a jiggy joke. Well, yeah, yeah. they definitely did a joke about Kevin Costner apologizing for the postman in an audio commentary. Yeah, it was like the first joke about an audio commentary I saw. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, season 10, I think it is. And that's yeah. one of my stepdad's favorite movies, The Postman. Really? Yeah. 
Like, huh. One winter we were snowed in, and he watched it twice in one day. <laughs> That's a whole day of watching wow. The Postman. I gotta think Batman is a worse bad movie than Post. Batman and Robin. Yeah, is, yeah. Is worse it's more fun to watch though. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yes. enough history. Kate. Yes, today's special guest is Kate Raft. I think it's our first guest that that's worked on the Simpsons in some capacity. Woo! Uh, you were uh, production. Sorry, assistant to the producers. Correct, Kate. Yeah, uh, that's what they say in the okay. credits. Um, I was the yeah, I was like a the writer's uh, production assistant. So you worked on the show. Today's writer for this episode is Dan Graney. Yep. He still works at The Simpsons. I want to know what is his lunch order like? <laughs> oh God, he's he's super healthy. Dan is super healthy. He probably gets like whatever the fish special is uh, over at the Fox uh, commissary cafeteria. Mm. Maybe a poached salmon. Definitely likes a fruit plate with, let's see, grapefruit, berries. Yeah. I, I, I'm not even joking. Like, this is really what I, it's all still ingrained in my brain. I really like want the Simpsons. Three years of lunch orders. I really want the Simpsons Wiki to be updated with all of the writers' lunch orders. We Honestly, need that information. I it. I, it's been a long time since I worked there, but I could I could fully do it from memory. I, I, I swear I can. The We've heard many stories about that writer's room being like broken down and ugly. Is it? Is it that? way oh yeah. yeah the physical room no not the writers no no, no, no not <laughs> about the writers like, they're eating all that fish they got to be healthy yes no i mean yeah, they eat very healthy over there and until it's time for snacks and then they then they go to town on some some chocolates <laughs> but no the building itself uh, has the building has is days. yeah it's like it's a piece of shit it's like falling <laughs> apart all the time like fox does not give a fuck about that building it's uh you know building 42 over there was where i worked and then god i think 203 i it's sad that I still know the building numbers. Um, <laughs> they're falling apart. The bungalow is like super old. There's spider webs, things falling apart. I wonder if they're going to stay there in the post Disney world. I'd, I'd read before in general that Disney is licensing Fox property for the stuff that still has to happen there. But I got to think that's not going to last forever. Yeah, I can't even imagine The Simpsons like being anywhere else. Like mm-hmm. it hasn't moved. Like that's where it's always been. You feel the history in the walls of all the You really islands. can. You can feel all the like <laughs> chips in the carpet. <laughs> it's weird that David Merkin's shows turned out so well because he moved them out of that office for two years and into his office. That's true, yeah. Not to make this all about The Simpsons lunch, but <laughs> your friend Mike Mitchell was also uh, worked on there and he We had the exact same job, <laughs> me and Mitch, and his name was like still on some of the like phone directories um (laughs) and like i used to find like his old pay stubs like in different nooks and crannies like there's just like once you work there like you just leave like little pieces of you because no one's there to like really do anything or throw anything away and well so then mike mike talked about there was a day when the couldn't do as opulent of lunch orders as they did were you on a more strict budget of getting lunch you know i think i heard that it was like even more opulent than it was when i was there Mm. um which may be what he's talking about but i mean people would go crazy like i feel like if anything with the disney merger they're gonna realize how much this show spends on food like (laughs) (laughs) it's a it's a lot of producers that gotta eat a lot of lobster stuff with tacos for lunch (laughs) it's yeah that's it's it's like just it's more like people will order like i mean i used to do it all the time because like i was broke so i would buy like i would order like three different entrees and then like save two (laughs) for like other meals that's smart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I worked for a Fox-owned website, mm-hmm. uh, you couldn't expense anything on a trip but food. And the food budgets were set for, like, executives. Mm. 
all the way down the line. So it's like, well, I'm eating sushi three times a day when I'm in LA now. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta steal from Fox whenever you can. <laughs> well, so Kate, did it feel good to work for The Simpsons? As a, were you a Simpsons fan? Growing oh yeah, up? I mean, it was like great. It was, it's still one of the cushiest, easiest, best jobs I've ever had. Like you don't have to do that much. It's it was a total dream because I mean the Simpsons were why I wanted to like write TV or be a writer in general. So it was like cool to actually be there. Yeah, I loved the Simpsons growing up. It was like my favorite TV show. You're slightly younger than us, so did you get into it in like the syndicated reruns? I would say I I watched it live every Sunday. Um, and I also watched the reruns every day. So yeah, I think like the answer would be yes. I think I'm trying to think of the se- like this season, like season nine that we just watched mm-hmm. would be around like the peak of me watching it as a kid. Like oh, okay. I was seven years old when this episode came out. So mm-hmm. like that would have been when I like was getting mega into the Simpsons. <laughs> uh, when you're a comedy writer, television writer, improviser, podcaster, Twitch host, uh, I mean, did it, you know, creatively inspire you too? Oh, totally. Um, because I, I I've spent some time in the writers' room, um, filling in for writers' assistants and just like seeing how they do the scripts, seeing how they mm. pitch, like even just writing for like visual gags and stuff, like and getting to see that like super broken down in the writers' room, like has made me like definitely a better writer. And I wow. mostly only write for animation these days, so mm. that's incredibly useful. Yeah, what's uh, what's one tip you would share that you learned from The Simpsons? I, that I learned from working at The Simpsons. I mean, it's an Intera bang, not bang Intera. <laughs> okay. One of the writers said that to to one of the writers' assistants once because they did a exclamation point question mark uh. in a script, and the writer was like, "It's Intera bang, not bang Intera." <laughs> I never took apart Intera bang like wow. that, but it makes sense. Wow, yeah. wow, yeah. I did learn it's something. Just like, that's the kind of stuff. It's like just all these weird like. Like PhD Harvard. guys, Harvard like Harvard guys, <laughs> like who could be like chemists if they wanted to. They all have like chemistry de- degrees and like physics degrees, and like it's very strange. But they're all they're all very they were all very very nice to me. It was it was a pleasure work there. Yeah, today's writer is a graduate of Harvard Law School, just yes. like Obama. Yeah, <laughs> probably oh the God. same class. Dan Graney is just like Obama. <laughs> <laughs> I, He's a good I, diplomat. I swear, Mike Reese's book. He said that they were roommates. Yeah, they, something like that. Or they worked at the same time. Yeah. Oh my God. Harvard. Well, oh, and last thing, actually, I wanted to compliment Kate right up front on the the Jack AM show or Kate AM. Mm. Is, uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Kate AM is such a fun twitch show i bought you it most mornings unless i uh it makes me too sad that i'm like oh this is too depressing. but but uh well, you're, thank you thanks for watching your your megan mccain impersonation is the Ooh, best i've yeah. ever heard honestly wow thank like, you thank you so much my father my, my father oh nice <laughs> My blood turned cold. You gotta have like an anger uh, in you that only comes from like never having to like ever <laughs> do anything hard in your life ever. <laughs> well, so this episode is a Ralph centric episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which what they, the, the first real Ralph episode since I Love Lisa, really? Yeah. And he's a much different character here. Very different. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ralph is an interesting character. I did. He was a real start for the popularization of short bus humor. I'd call yeah. it. Oh yeah. yeah. Which, uh, That's true. 
true. Not the biggest fan of, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> but it is fun. This episode is funny, so I don't want to be. Don't call me an SJW listeners for parts where I'd be like, "Yeah, that's kind of mean." But I mean, Homer's the OG of like, is this guy like mentally disabled or is yeah. he yeah. just incredibly stupid? This episode, it feels like they're making him more of a realistically slow. Yeah, kid. it feels yeah. like a little more like intentionally that. Yeah, the burning stuff. Well, I mean, we'll get to it in order, but the burning stuff especially feels like a mean shot. Like, oh, children, slow children also are planning to kill people. <laughs> They're all pyromaniacs They're all and pyromaniacs. sociopaths. Yeah. That being said, it's very funny to have a leprechaun on your shoulder telling you to burn things. I love it's, this ending. It's Yeah, this is yeah. such a funny episode, but... Part of it is laughing at the mean spiritedness of it too. I yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, it was 1998, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was a it was a pretty different time. And then, I mean, the jokes about the mentally disabled back in 1998 were way worse on other things that weren't the same. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So, and even were like I'd say four years ago, it was still. I think. Oh yeah. Like it's only feels like it was recently became ju- you'd be judged if you said the word quote retarded mm-hmm. unquote. I mean I, that's new. I feel like yeah. that's new within the past three or four years. So yeah. like six yeah. six years ago, Fox was having the character Handyman have adventures. Oh, on, yeah, that's right. <laughs> on, on a living color. On a living color. A very Ooh. sympathetic portrayal of the intellectually disabled. Oh, Handyman. Yeah, oh, that was a very different time. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different time. <laughs> I don't endorse different times. I only endorse <laughs> the most, uh, you know, progressive of times. Yeah. So yeah. not now. <laughs> so I don't endorse any time. I endorse uh, <laughs> the fictional future where yeah. things are better. Uh, and also, listeners, it's time to strap in because this episode will have, I promise, the most Henry Tales oh, of the Tape no. ever. There are four Henry Tales of Tape, in case you're a new listener here. Uh, Henry Tale of the Tape is when I say something that only I would know because (laughs) it was on my VHS recording of the episodes. Uh, (laughs) You missed out on all those Triscuit commercials. (laughs) Uh, These are actually interesting, I promise. Okay, all right, well, hold them to it, everybody. Uh, So the episode begins with a rare full intro. Like, I don't remember in the Scully years they really used that. Must have been a shorter episode, or maybe they cut a lot more than they usually do. It seems like there is a few cuts in this. But there's a couple bits in here that almost feel elongated to fit a shorter episode and a shorter script. And and Grady on the commentary is pretty funny. He's he's usually one of the funnier guys on there. And he Mike Scully asked him, like, how'd you come up with this episode? And he said, you, Mike Scully, came to me and <laughs> told me to write a Ralph episode. So I did. And this episode begins with a with a quick Edna Krabappel joke, which it feels almost like a waste to get Marsha Wallace in there for like two lines. Yeah, she's barely in this. I always like seeing Edna, though. Yeah, yeah. And and it is a really funny moment of Milhouse's re- proud reaction of low battery being <laughs> whatever. Anytime you can get some uh, eyebrow acting on Milhouse is worth it. But then we have our first clip where we meet Robbie the Automaton. Attention, children. <laughs> Over here. Oh, for the love of... The doorway! Ah. We have a very special visitor today, but he's no ordinary visitor. In fact, uh, you might say... He's a robot. We saw him on the way in. (laughs) Thank you, Bart. All right, come in, they know. (laughs) Kids, this is Robbie the Automaton. Greetings, Earth children. Where are you from? Earth. Anyway, have you ever wondered what it feels like to touch a star? Ah! Cool. 
So very different from Investo, the robot from Opportuniac. <laughs> They're very similar robots. Yeah. Well, he's more murderous. That's true. Yeah. Ro- well, Robbie the robot will be murderous. Oh, that's true. He's, he just isn't. He's being suppressed on his murderous rage. That's uh, that's a reference to Robbie the robot from Forbidden Planet, the classic. So not the film. Lost in Space one. I get those confused yeah. all the time. In a Lost in Space episode, he fights Robbie the oh, robot. Oh, okay. The, uh, the Lost in Space robot. And uh, Dan Grady mentions that the robot is kind of a reference to a USA Today robot that like was a promotional tool and he worked at USA Today, which mm. I could not find any proof of that USA Today robot. I like Milhouse's reaction to his arm exploding. That's very funny. Uh, and then there's a joke about the uh, the weight of the brains of... Three Stooges. The Three Stooges. And yeah. Yeah, the, I looked this up. The average brain weight is 1.28 kilograms, which Larry's is almost more than twice that. So he's got a pretty big brain. Hey, good for Larry. <laughs> Though, uh, according to the Wikipedia page, which is all the research I did, uh, brain-to-mass ratio denoting intelligence is, an inc- is a controversial topic, and doesn't exa- having a bigger brain doesn't exactly mean you're smarter. Though sometimes it can mean you have a wider cortex, which could make you it smarter. It turns out Larry Fine died from having a large brain, so <laughs> it's very tragic. Yeah, took, took him down. <laughs> uh, and I also love the line to answer to these and similar questions. Uh, but yes, uh, before we head off to the knowledge GM, Skinner has to be strangled. <laughs> He's this, killing me. This next clip The answers to these and similar questions can be found at the Springfield Knowledgeium, a hands-on learning environment opening this Saturday. No, kid, don't! (laughs) Command link severed. Default setting. Crush. Kill. Destroy. (laughs) Don't! Children, help! He's killing me! I do love the yay in response yeah, to anything yeah. inappropriate. Uh, I, I like Especially the, from children. There's no cleverness to him just saying he's killing he's me. Killing he's just me. Like he's, kill, he's just pleading for his life. Also, Bart kind of kills that guy. Like falling from a tree at that height can't yeah. be good. Bart's like he had just an apple on his desk. He feels very Dennis the Menace in that moment, throwing that apple. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, yeah, also the gag on that Robbie, the default setting is He's killing. Kill, destroy, yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. So they head to the Knowledgeium together. And uh, did you guys go to these fun museums in your childhood? A few times, yeah. I did, yeah. Me too, me too. This, But this one has a very Discovery Zone vibe to it. Yeah, there weren't as, as many like play spaces mm. in the children's museums I went to. My, mine had a few. I actually looked up what my childhood museum was, and it's sadly closed now. The one I went to was in ages 8 to 10 when I lived in a suburb of Atlanta from 1990 to 92. And there, the place was called Sidetrack. It had things of like, oh, learn how water moves by like making your own dams in this fake river. And you... Your brother stands over here and you stand over there, far away from each other. But if you talk into this tube, he'll hear it over there just from how sound induction works. Like the, the one I went to had the first IMAX movie I saw. Oh. And it's funny wow. because I went there twice. The first IMAX movie I saw was about the ocean, and the second one was about sharks. So they were both about the ocean. <laughs> hmm. Nice. <laughs> Mine is still open. I'm looking it up right now. The California Science Center, right mm. next to USC. Oh, nice. That was my childhood science museum. <laughs> I think it's like it was also my first IMAX experience 
experience. <laughs> well, this definitely feels like it comes from Mike Scully taking his kids mm, to these yeah. t- types of places. Maybe even that exact one since he lives in Los Angeles. Probably, prob- I mean, like it, it did like feel a lot like the the, the California Science Center. <laughs> Were your parents' cars broken into repeatedly there, or <laughs> um, probably it's like not in the greatest. I mean, especially in the nineties, like not in the greatest area. <laughs> and and now San Francisco, where me and Bob live, well, the Bay Area. San Francisco has their own knowledge in the Exploratorium, where uh, we did a podcast last year, I think, didn't we? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was fun. It's for adults and children. Yeah, it, it is. And for uh, stand-up comedy you can't listen to because it's yeah. inaudible. That was the weird, Kate, okay, that was so weird that we, we, they were doing stand-up. So it was part of SF Sketchfest, this fun thing they do of like SF Sketchfest at the museum. So they had like a just, you know, a stand-up showcase, but it was in this room with an incredibly high ceiling. So you, weird. Could, you could barely hear anything in it. It was very strange. And we were just in the corner Everyone knows somewhere. comedy works the best in a large place with a high ceiling <laughs> it's it, it just gets funnier yeah yeah it just gets funnier <laughs> uh but uh, this is another uh henry was wrong about troy mcclure moment again and like <laughs> here's a i said he wasn't coming back until God. season 10 here he is again they're using him so much <laughs> i'm uh since we're the countdown clock is ticking on uh, an old phil hartman so it's nice to enjoy him one another Ugh, time here so yeah sad. sorry not sorry to bring you down there kate no it's all good uh but yes here's here's a brief clip of troy Welcome to the Knowledgeium. I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such automated information kiosks as Welcome to Springfield Airport. And where's Nordstrom? While you're enjoying our Hall of Wonders, your car will unfortunately be subject to repeated breaks. What do you say? What about my car? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so funny. Just the that also feels like it's the Knowledgeium doing a legal disclaimer yeah. as a pretend like welcome video. I like that a lot. And it, it also felt very familiar to people who uh just if you go to disney or universal or whatever and you you're having to keep the line moving but seemingly an important thing is being said in the cycling video but you're pulled away from it and you can't hear it <laughs> uh, i love troy mcclure and specifically that gag with him it's funny too that it's about a quick gag and he's still they're able to fit in with the characters moving as yeah. he speaks i his, want more troy. movies i love that i've said it before but like just imagine if phil hartman was alive now he'd be doing Troy bits all the time. Like he'd be starring oh, in movies totally, as Troy totally. It's so sad. I mean, be- did we ever get like a full Troy episode? Only yeah, one yeah. in season seven. Where he, where he married Selma. That yeah. Was, oh, right, right, right. We should have got more. We should have got <laughs> more. There should have been more. There could have been more. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's they they arrive at the Nalgium and it's a bunch of fun little visual gags of uh, uh, the double helix slide, I think is my favorite, is like a, t- a a clever gag. And the kids always crash into each other. Yes, yeah. And then, though, they, they have like a mooning joke there. I was like, this seems slightly dirtier for the show to normally It was do. the macroscope. That's a cl- I mean, that's... Macroscope is a very funny Futurama. It feels like David S. Cohen did that one. Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, and also the kid, I love how long they make you wait for Wendell to fall off the, the ceiling. Oh, yeah. He's just like, uh, uh, and then he bounces exactly back up, which that seems dangerous. That does seem dangerous. I want to do it, though. <laughs> Me too. He didn't vomit, though. That's his characteristic. Yeah, wait a minute. Well, they, they could never, I, maybe that's why they used him less, because I think like Fox would have a rule until Family Guy would break it, <laughs> of like, no on-screen vomit. Like, you couldn't do 
do that. Now, now Family Guy like kind of revels in how much vomit it can show. But again, different time. Different, different time. time. There's a lot of jokes in here that I'm like, this is dirtier than I remember. Yeah, like the uh, sort of uh, boner gun. They how yeah. it, like rises oh, yeah. when he sits down in the seat. Sperm yeah. gun. Yeah, and also the Bart's line tossed the virtual salad. I, yeah, I feel like they knew. Had what we that meant had then. we reached that point in our timeline where I, Chris I, Rock told us all what it meant? I think Chris Rock had been joking about it by '98. Yeah, mm. probably. <laughs> that's that's how the world learned about that until or from Oz. You'd, you'd see it in Oz too. In the first season of Oz, which like that was pre 9/11, so that was that's where it opened our eyes. Okay, Henry's tale, the tape number one. Okay. Here we go. Until the DVDs, I never heard what Homer said when he bounced away to say his line because... Is there a tracking issue, Henry? No, no. This was my local broadcaster. It blacked out for just a second as he jumped away. And so always on my VHS tape, which was the only way I rewatched that episode, could never tell what Homer said. It just starts with him saying, I'm going to... And then he bounces away. And, uh, you know, maybe it was a conservative broadcaster in northern Florida wanting to get rid of the word sex education. Oh. Ooh, don't let the kids know I, they I could be. I believe that. <laughs> but I think just the word education, Henry, not even sex. Just like, <laughs> education. <laughs> uh, and, though no, I feel I feel there's a slight missed opportunity that Lisa doesn't get to do anything at this science museum because yeah. it's made for her. Is she even there? She's going to read a giant book. Oh, That's yeah. One joke. That's so boring. I, I do like that joke. <laughs> read the giant book. And I love the animation of Marge getting hit by the pendulum. That's a very funny little gag. Although the pendulum was holding back the entire time until it was going to hit her. Actually, speaking of David Cohen, I got some real Cohen vibes in this next clip here of Bart checking out the computer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go toss the virtual salad. I want to read the giant book. I'm going to try the sex education computer. Come on, Maggie. Let's try and find the enormous pendulum. The section now illuminated is the floating point unit. It's one of my personal favorite units. Oh, yeah, Oh, well. Hey, how do you get this thing to play blackjack? Stop that, you're hurting it. So how's it supposed to work? Well. Boring. Am I on the internet? No, you can only access Boring. The... What's that fire for? The hard drive is crashing at an alarming speed. <laughs> No more pictures. Was that a callback to Bart's comment? I think it was. Yeah, he it's said, approaching at an alarming speed. <laughs> at a fantastic oh, rate. Oh, fantastic rate, yeah. Uh, it, it, database comments on the speed of things. Quite yeah. yeah. Matt Groening hates him. <laughs> That's why they keep bringing it back. It, they, they said it out loud on commentaries. It's because Matt Groening doesn't like him. So He's they, off working on Futurama now. <laughs> I mean, the guy explaining computer bits there, that definitely felt... Every every Frank joke when Cohen works on the show feels like a comment on Cohen. I think that they... <laughs> I don't know. I, this is, could be my guessing there, but him, like Frank didn't used to explain the specific, he made crazy computers in the pre-Cohen years. Yeah. But now once Cohen started, he describes computers accurately and specifically in a very nerdy way. And Cohen has a PhD in computer science. Let's he not does, forget. Yes. I want to read his thesis. I want to see how boring it is. It's got to be public record somewhere. Yeah. You can look it up. I can go to Berkeley. Yeah. Well, he went to Berkeley. Go, let's do that do at it. lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Over lunch, we're going to our Cal U and checking it out. Floating point unit, according to Wikipedia, is used primarily for mathematical functions in your computer. So that's what the FPU is for. I want my points tethered. <laughs> I'm shocked they didn't do a gag about FPU. That's, uh, that, that's just a funny word. The 
The Simpsons will be right back. If you've got a leprechaun in your ear telling you to subscribe to our Patreon, I say listen to them. Hey, it's Henry in the break here. And first off, I want to thank our wonderful guest this week, Kate Raft. We really appreciate all the insights she shared with us in how Simpsons is made behind the scenes. And you should definitely check out all her cool stuff. Follow her on Twitter at Kate Raft with a C. And also her work on the Twitch stream with her husband, Jack Allison on Jack AM most weekdays. Totally worth watching on old Twitch. Check it out. And if you'd like to support this podcast, podcast and hear next week's episode which actually features jack allison you can hear it right now if you sign up at patreon.com slash talking simpsons five dollars a month gets you access to every episode of this podcast one week earlier than it is on the free feed and without ads like this one you could be listening to our simpson tide one with jack allison right now and the same goes for our other weekly podcast what a cartoon where me and bob talk about a different animated series each week not to mention that five dollar a month will get you access to our many mini series where we covered every episode of the critic the first season of futurama and currently the first season of king of the hill all in the same episode by episode talking simpsons format you can only hear those if you are a supporter at patreon.com slash talking simpsons not to mention for that five dollars a month you get access to all of our previous interviews with folks who worked on the simpsons including this week's episode writer dan graney as well as executive producer of this episode mike scully and so 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 many more you can only hear our wonderful stories with these simpsons legends if you sign up at patreon.com slash talking simpsons talk to the ear baby because it's time for you to sign up for the extra level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons if you want to hear our monthly what a cartoon movie podcast where me and bob go through a different animated feature film once a month you can only hear that if you are a ten dollar and up patron at patreon.com slash talking simpsons just this month in may we covered the film aladdin the disney renaissance classic before that we did batman mask of the phantasm kiki's delivery service Akira, a goofy movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, The Secret of Nim. All of those are available to you right now if you sign up at the $10 a month level and you'll get to hear June's when that one goes live too. Plus, all of our previous $10 a month bonuses that are a bunch of video features including me and Bob going through the entire original Simpsons shorts one at a time for pure Simpsons history completeness. Check all of that out at the premium $10 a month level at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. Speaking of shocking things, I'm really shocked they got Let's Make a Baby onto the show. Like, yeah. it's dirty as hell. <laughs> like, uh, it's funny. It's really funny. But, like, they're sitting in the Star Wars gun, like, the, yeah, the yeah. Millennium Falcon turret gun that uh, Han and Luke are in, in in Episode 4. They That's the that's the penis. The penis is that. You get a boner joke. You get ejaculation jokes. You get premature ejaculation jokes. Mm. <laughs> Homer's sadness. You get it all. Yeah. yeah. Homer's sadness after being told you are out of sperm. He's like, mm. <laughs> like it's. But then that it gets back up again for Krusty. Krusty is like, remember so, me? Well, and that line is Krusty, so creepy. A childless like, man is at this children's museum. 
Yeah, boy, I bet he rides that uh, gun a lot. And it also asks you a question of like, what are what are they looking at? What are they That's, seeing when wow. they're shooting? I like, never thought of that. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's funny. I feel like at these like children's museums, there are like a lot of stuff about like reproductive systems and like birth and stuff like that. Not in like, the That's South, my memory of going to the California Science Center is there was like something like that. Okay. There was like some like whole exhibit on like the reproductive system. Mm, I, yeah, I remember like stages of growth in the womb or something, just like pictures. Yeah, mm. like maybe like it was like there was like a womb you could go into or something. Hmm. I I do not recall that myself. I but I mean again, I grew I grew up in the South. That stuff was illegal. Like my in uh, in my sex education at in middle school was. You can't talk about condoms. It's it was abstinence only. So oh yeah, wait, where did you grow up again? <laughs> uh, D- Jacksonville, Florida, northern uh, Florida, which is mm. actually the more southern uh, culturally part of Florida. Ah, uh, okay. The red, the redder well, you part. See, Henry, when two people of the same race have sex <laughs> after marriage, the pelican comes. The pelican. <laughs> it's not a stork. Oh my gosh. <laughs> pelican. Uh, so. It's also funny they have the Star Wars gun. Ju- like they just think it to say you are out of sperm, and yeah. they get lasers to represent sperm. That's quite and again a, like a penis lifting up through a gun cocking. Like uh, it's, it's, what kind of filth are we watching here? Uh, I'm I'm writing to my congressman about this. I, I like it. I did want to note this uh, this Mars rover scene coming up. This is a new rover. This is the mm. rover of the minute. <laughs> the Sojourner, ah. which landed on July 4th and stopped operating in September of that year. The newest one that's up there, it lasted a lot longer. Okay. Yeah. I, I do remember when that rover landed because in my gifted studies class, you were supposed to start each day. The teacher challenged you like, tell me about a news story today. Like, tell me about news. And I remember I told a couple, a couple of my news stories were the Mars rover. One of them was because they named rocks after Scooby-Doo. Oh, okay. And then, and wow, then Space Wow, studies class. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what made me what I am today, a wow. uh, podcaster. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We've not done a Scooby-Doo podcast yet. Uh, that, it's that, coming. That day shall come. It's coming. Also, when they go to the Mars section, I don't, get exactly what the joke is but mars is written as in the star wars font i think it's uh revealed it's a reveal where it's the end of mars so you're you're panning over and you're realizing it's not star wars it's actually Uh, just mars so it's Uh, not a great joke but that's what they're trying to do i think uh it is funny they go from the star wars penis gun to the Mm. star wars font that that's Funny in the edit there. I love a gag about a character who is just not reacting at all to impending danger like Ralph is when Bart's about to smash into him. <laughs> and then Bart, instead of Ralph getting hurt, Bart injures himself avoiding Ralph. I, I That's a really funny gag to me. Less funny is uh, Houston, we have a problem joke in 1998. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, uh, it, it felt old even then. Yeah, that I thought that one bumped me as well. <laughs> well, and that it was about a booger, which just yeah. like I don't know, that also feels too scatological for the show too. And to see a booger, come on. Yeah, and to see it, yuck. That's just like one of those jokes to put a joke in, you know. Yeah, it's like we need a joke. We need to go home. <laughs> or, or like one of those jokes that got rewritten like seventeen times, and like they, nothing, nothing seems funny anymore. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like let's I just go keep that in with the Apollo thirteen reference. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Calling a booger a moon rock felt very Rugrats to me, actually. That's, uh, which that's that's always my insult to a joke when I say like, ah, that's, that's Rugrats. That's apt. <laughs> and uh, then we get a nice introduction to the bullies for this episode, which uh, this comes up several times in it. But 
in those scenes with the bullies, Ralph and Bart, that's when you realize how many people Nancy plays on the show. Yeah, yeah. so many. <laughs> so she's having to be Nelson, Kearney, Ralph, and Bart all at the same time. And I think until this episode, Ralph and Bart never really... I'm not saying they never shared a scene together, but it was pretty rare because she he's in Lisa's class. That's true, yeah. They're rarely paired right. up together. So you never really think about how Nancy... Uh, and, uh, you know, she's she's an amazing voice actress, but there's only so many variations on little boy voice you can do. So I do kind of like Ralph's writing here where he just says, like, I am not a baby. Like, there's no real, there's not a clever joke to that. It's just how a slower kid repeats something or just says uh, a, a plain statement. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's very observational as to what a uh, realistic Ralph would act like. Mm-hmm. He's not, He is a uh, one-liner machine, sort of, in this mm-hmm. episode, but he's also... A realistically observed slower kid yeah and in the more uh in the more sad moments of this episode (laughs) and uh, also throwing him into the ear that was funny that was cute or it's a good bully move if they're gonna do something there's a lot of blank the virtual blank jokes Mm, like kiss the virtual ass yeah we already were tossing the virtual salad yeah but kiss the virtual acid wait a minute (laughs) Do you toss the virtual salad in the virtual ass? Oh, I guess they are at the same Probably. place. Okay, perhaps. we just connected the jokes. It's fine now. <laughs> After that, Marge Marge saves Ralph, and this is kind of a sweet scene here. I especially like that it's one of those rare moments where Marge gets to have kind of an interior life or a history, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you poor little boy. Oh, no, he'll be fine. He's always getting himself stuffed in uh, this or that. <laughs> Is that normal? Yeah, he's just playing wiggle puppy. That's a dog he made up who flies by wagging his tail. I tell you, that dog has had some amazing adventures. (laughs) Ralph certainly has a lot of imagination. Oh, yeah, the kid's incredible. I mean, the special schools are all over him. Maybe he needs some real friends. Sure, we'd all love some real friends, Marge, but what are the odds of that happening? (laughs) Hello, Ralph. When I was little, I used to play by myself, too. Your hair is tall and pretty. Well, thank you, Ralph. You're such a fine young gentleman. Help! She's touching my special area! I do like when Wiggum is supportive of Ralph. He's so loving. Yeah. He's a great dad. He's I, a great dad. I love, yeah, that he's, Wiggum is stupid and dangerous to everybody. And it's, there's been a number of police brutality <laughs> jokes with him. but with, Yeah, and there's one in this episode. Yes, but but with his own son, who you would fear, you know, in, in real life, a conservative cop would probably treat his slower son poorly He's so, so supportive he's of Ralph. Very proud the special yeah, schools sweet. are all over him. And and also just his, he's invested in the life of Wiggle Puppy, too. He's like, mm. he's, <laughs> it, it it's feels like he's been told about many of Wiggle Puppy's adventures by Ralph. He's really bought into Wiggle Puppy. <laughs> Which that feels like, it, it that is something that portrays Ralph as not uh, too slow of a kid because he's being creative. Like, yeah. he does... He imagines these adventures as character Wiggle Puppy. He just has to act them out. I, I love Wiggle Puppy. When we see Wiggle Puppy later, I'm glad we got a, his drawings of it. All too. right, callbacks. <laughs> now it's so it's so cute and just is that he just sometimes starts running in circles. And it's a it's also just a very adorable idea that a, a 
dog flies by wagging its tail by being happy. Isn't that it's nice? cute? <laughs> and I really like the little. It's like I used to play by myself all the time too. That like it tells you that Marge maybe she was you know a lonely kid. That's what that's, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. it's again these little moments of Marge's life you don't normally get to see. She is projecting a bit because I don't think Ralph mm. is lonely. No, I, he's got his own yeah, inner life. Yeah, I. Well, I think that's a danger of a lot of adults. Uh, is even if you don't have kids, of like when you see a kid, you just think of your own childhood, and if it was sad, you're like, oh, I bet that kid's sad and alone, just like I was. And like maybe, maybe they're a happy kid. I love like being that. isolated and weird <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> that also, though, okay, I definitely uh, let me just say I was on the receiving end of the pity of a parent making somebody be friends with oh. me, and it's no fun. Yeah. It's not, uh, Everyone knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not mad. I, I'm not really mad at the mom anymore for being pitying me because she's like, she wanted to help. It only came from a positive place. But uh, this was in elementary school. There were some parents who would like be playground guardians or whatever and this like everybody was worried about stranger danger back then right right yeah so you'd have extra people watching this like playground uh and so anyway she was there and the kids kind of shunned me i was not a popular kid and then uh she felt bad for me and one of her kids was in my class and i wanted to be her friend but she didn't and then the mom was like, you should make him go to your birthday party. Invite oh. him. And the, oh. I, I get the nice oh. feelings for it, but uh, I get I get where they were coming from. But when you're there, the the kid is not there. They don't know to not tell you you were forced to be invited. They, tell, they told me immediately, like, I don't want you here. My mom is making you be here. No one likes you here. I'm like, well, great. I, I felt it made me feel very good for the whole day. <laughs> Ah, that is sad. I'm sorry. It's hey, I'm over it. I (laughs) I don't remember it vividly. No, Um, I get again. Marge is coming from a good place. She's doing it, but I didn't. That uh, we did not have a Bart and Ralph style adventure that eventually made us real friends in the end. And Ralph is not aware of the situation. The episode is not about Ralph becoming aware that (laughs) Bart is not his friend because of this whole set up here. Yeah, maybe it works better on less self aware children. This kind of plan. Uh, That's. Special area joke too. Eh, eh. It's uh, fine. It's it's, bar- fine. it's uh, Ralph not really interpreting whatever he learned correctly. But when he was told about his yeah. real special area. Yeah, yeah. So then they're all leaving the place. We then get a cute little scene where Homer is uh, acting more childish than the children. I do love it. Especially how he says, like, my friend, like, my friend did this and then my other friend. What's funny, extra funny about that to me is that he's... That's a very kid thing of like yeah. you meet a kid one day and you're like, this is my friend. Like, yeah, I like that. And that, but then he also wants to be, he can't wait to get full of beer and go to bed. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, they, but again, Lisa didn't do anything. Uh, in that place, it, it felt like if you're looking for more jokes, have actually I forgot. Lisa was watching the computer demonstration with the oh, other. Oh, okay, well, so she was there. She she said nothing, and she was hilarious. <laughs> Bart is planning a fun afternoon, and then Marge has some news for him in this next clip. Firecrackers, stink bombs, maps to teachers' homes. Ooh. You know who's nice? No, who? That Ralph Wiggum boy. He's a real winner. You would know. Bart, you don't have to go anywhere today. I've got a surprise for you. What? I scheduled a play date. A what? With who? (gasps) Hi, Bart. We're going to be friends. I have a finger trap. Whoa. Get him off. Get him off. Fighting only makes it tighter. 
Wiener. <laughs> That's great. Is he holding the popsicle at this point? Too? Yes. Okay, yeah. The popsicle. Yeah. The popsicle's melting in every scene from this point. It's pretty much brand new right there. I like uh, on the commentary. They actually are kind of critical of the writing in this episode in a, in a funny way, where they're just like, "Why do we treat it like it's a crazy reveal that Ralph's behind the door? We all know Ralph's <laughs> behind the door." That's true. It was like the previous scene. <laughs> uh, but I really I could identify too with being a kid and knowing that your mom is trying to lead you into a conversation you don't want. You're like, yeah, yeah. So anyway, just like, yeah, you know. A few steps ahead of her, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, this, it felt like a new thing to call something a play date back then. Now I think it's a pretty normal term. I was grown up by the time the term play date was invented. I was not put on any play dates. Oh, really? Oh, were you, Kate? Oh, yeah. (laughs) A number of like, it it just feels, I get, it feels like parents, it, it definitely feels like the helicopter parenting, like, over planning of things. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, like, I remember being on play dates, but I don't think I was, like, I had I had two brothers my age that so mm. was like I had a built in ah. had a built in play date. <laughs> it feels like a like a, the professional class turning everything into a meeting. Like you got a four <laughs> o'clock play date. That's true. It does feel a little managerial, yeah. Uh, that's a commercial break. We come back, and I love that when we come right back, Ralph has put his tongue through the other side <laughs> of the finger trap. I uh, I also I definitely probably tried that after seeing it on the show. Like I guess you could do that, but. Yeah, I don't think did I got a, my finger stuck. Did you have a finger trap handy? Uh, probably. Well, okay. The next time I got one, I think every time I went to the county fair, I'd end up with one mm. of those things, which those are fun. Those are fun. Uh, but uh, but Bart getting outsmarted. It, this is really great here, too, because in this next clip, Bart first, and he's smarter than her, but then she outsmarts mm-hmm. him into yeah. hanging out with Ralph. It's a cool, like, dynamic uh, switching of stakes there. You want me to hang out with Ralph Wiggum? Not hang out. Play day. Stop saying that. <laughs> now, why don't you show off your new friend around the neighborhood? You two make an adorable pair. Someone will be right with you. Mom, school has changed a lot since you were a kid. Popularity is very important now. But don't talk. <laughs> Listen, the social order of elementary school is densely layered. The coolest kids are at the top. Oh, you mean like the A students? <laughs> Mom, I don't want to play with Ralph. He's just a misunderstood little boy who needs a friend. And if he hangs around with you, well, everyone will think he's cool. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Might help him a little. Okay, great. Well, uh, you kids have fun. Hey, wait, I, I didn't agree to... <laughs> Mom, I am not... I can't hear you. Flattery got her everywhere. <laughs> Marge is using her favorite weapon from the Simpsons arcade game. Oh, that's right. Wow. It's uh, it's really something that they're like, well, what's Marge's weapon? The vacuum cleaner. She's a mother. That's <laughs> she <awesome>. loves cleaning. <laughs> that's, her cle- that's her only characteristic. There's probably one piece of concept art with Marge holding a vacuum. <laughs> that's it. We found it. I think I had a Marge toy that came with a vacuum, I think. Yeah, may uh, I know Homer came with a TV. He did, uh, or no? You get the couch by itself. Anyway, the um, I also I love how Bart just shuts down. Like I don't want to play with Ralph. Like just a good, just yeah. giving up there. Uh, and though also I, I uh, speaking of parents and friends, I do feel bad that. I didn't listen to my mom about a couple friends she said I shouldn't be friends with uh, because they were bad influences and I eventually uh, stopped hanging out with them when I realized like, oh, wait, I'm you realize I realized that I was hanging out with my bullies and I thought that they were friends when they were actually mean. Aww. 
This is, I don't mean this to be a sad Henry story episode. I'm very nice to Henry, by the way. Yes, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so then we get a gag of uh, Bart taking Ralph around his room. And I definitely, I did hate sharing my toys as a kid. I was not very good at, at, at 10. I was like, you know, you're going to break this transformer. I can't trust it. This is usually with my brother. I was like, I, you, I can't share this with you. I really identify with Bart being very fastidious mm-hmm. and anxious about his toys because I would be uh, quietly judgmental of other kids who would treat their toys poorly. <laughs> I uh, I was not a fan of that. I was definitely a treating everything poorly uh, child. <laughs> I never lent anything to anyone because I'm like, no, you'll scratch it. You'll make it dirty. <laughs> Well, now when you lend things to friends as an adult, you just uh, you you should really just tell yourself, "I'm giving this to this yeah. person. I will never yes. see this." It's again. a secret You're arrangement. Never it again. Like, I kind of don't want this anymore. <laughs> I uh, I have a few I, things of yours still, Henry. By the way, the last time, uh, well, the ones that bug me the most when I see a friend, I don't think you've done this. No, actually, I think you did. Oh no! <laughs> uh, well, just when I see it kept on a bookshelf, like when I was uh, like, because. I know that you're, I feel you're definitely doing that to keep it safe, but another friend of mine, they just put it on a bookshelf like it's theirs. It's mine I was now. like, I lent you this Marvel Comics collection four years ago, and now it's just on your bookshelf. Hey, where's the book you, I lent you months ago? Well, <laughs> uh, uh, it's not on a bookshelf. I'll, I'll promise you that. I, well, uh, I, I don't want to know where it is now. <laughs> it's on my bedside table, okay, just okay. in the stack of shame of, uh, someday I'll read that Kids in the Hall book, I promise. It's real, it's so good. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Have you read that? Book Kate, the, the kids I the haven't, but I did used to be Bruce McCullough's assistant. Wow, wow, oh yeah. man, any any fun dirt? Oh, so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I call that play sand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Is he as powerful as he that looks? That was the job I left The Simpsons for. Oh, oh wow, wow. What, yeah. Was this just in general, or was he on a TV show at the time? Uh, so he, I was his writer's assistant. He u- works with assistants when he writes everything so he was Uh, developing when i was working with him but he i was in like five different writers rooms with him or something okay and then also mostly just in his house (laughs) that's nice with his dogs yeah it was nice (laughs) Uh, i'm very jealous yeah he see he he seems like a strong a tough guy with a a heart (laughs) no no comment (laughs) uh but play dirt (laughs) oh but yes here here's uh bart's uh toy time are fun to touch. Mine are all sticky. Ralph, I just got through sorting those. I dropped my popsicle in your toy chest. Ralph, would you just... Look, a rocket ship! That's not a toy. Hey, do you know how to play hide and seek? <gasps> Shh, I've been here two hours and Bart still hasn't finded me. <laughs> These syrup stains are the worst. Bart, it's too nice a day to leave Ralph in a closet. <laughs> you boys should go play outside. But people will see me paired up with a doofus. You have no idea what that's like. <laughs> uh oh. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> that Homer gag is the best. Yeah. That I... was really funny. The timing of it, he just looks looks Spart first, turns around, sees Marge. The perfect leaves. cartoon hole <laughs> yeah, in the floor, yeah. too. Which, Truly. When you think about it, too, he was inches away from cutting their feet. Like, <laughs> he could have sawed off their feet. He just blindly sawed into the ceiling in the kitchen. As you do. <laughs> God damn, that's so fun. And just his turn around, like, yo. And and yeah, that it's it's basically like a daffy duck hole or a, <laughs> a, a, a bugs bunny hole dug into the ground. 
Uh, and also, we get Chekhov's rocket ship there. All right, very important to put <laughs> yeah, that in it's there. Come back. Uh, they didn't really need to put that in. They clown on it on the commentary too. They say like, "Boy, it's good we put that there, or else it would have been just out too out of left field for the rocket ship later." <laughs> uh, I guess Lisa does have a big role in this episode, and that she resolves the problem. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, oh, I have thoughts on that. Yeah. I, uh, but also, yeah, the the Dan Grady even jokes like that feels like the Simpsons writers' fastidiousness with toys on their desks of uh, cleaning them afterwards. Like, d- yeah, does each Simpsons writer have a desk? I would assume so. Yes. Right? So how it works is there's two buildings, and one writer's room is in one building, and that's like the downstairs writer's room. And there's that's also the same building where like Jim Brooks's office is, mm. and um, a couple of the Gracie films execs. And then across the parking lot is the two-story building and the upstairs writer's room. And then in that building are most of the writer's offices. And also, that's where my um, PA office was. Mm. Okay. Does They're he... all like tiny, shitty room, like <laughs> Okay, but it's not an open office setting. At least you get they they have private. They each office. have their own closed door. Like you know, they take they'll take naps in there every once in a while. <laughs> oh, nice. They got a, they've got couches and but it's small. It's not huge, but mm-hmm. yeah. Hey, you know, I, that's better than the, any office I've had though. That's uh, yeah, the open a office thing. Office oh yeah, it'd be so nice to have. I mean, I loved having my even the PA office just because like yeah, I would I would fully nap in in that <laughs> shitty PA's office. <laughs> wow. Private now, all these Homer napping jokes makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if, like, I'm sure this is public. Someone's talked about this on some podcast, but David Merkin, like, definitely naps every time he's he naps in the writer's room, though, because he's, <laughs> he, he's uh, only comes in uh, a couple one one or two days a week. These oh, yeah. days. Yeah, he, he naps every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I had heard he'd had a similar deal to Mike Reesick coming in one day a week type. Deal. Right. <laughs> I I also like the statement of uh, he still hasn't finded me. That's a good one too. The I like that. <laughs> what do you call that Rugratsy? Henry. It is sure that is Rugratsy, but this one's funnier. So there, <laughs> but yes, no, it's a misstating of a word. But I feel like this. So many Ralph quotes get. Re- got repeated so much in in my i mean this when this came out in high school this was when short bus humor was very funny with me and my friends oh yeah for sure those things and uh, um i uh i watching this i was like i'm sure this isn't the first like time as a child i watched a tv show where someone abandoned someone through hide and seek but <laughs> if it was my friends and i definitely did that to someone and was and oh. I, I felt so bad i know i did I, de- I definitely did that i mean uh, i kids do that they'll ditch someone by playing hide and seek mm-hmm. yeah, i was I like god what if i did that because i saw it on the simpsons <laughs> uh you know the the more i watch the show the more i'm like i guess tv did uh influence most of my life That's <laughs> yeah not good T- Tipper Gore was right all it's along. true. <laughs> We're all monsters. <laughs> well, actually, speaking of lines that get said a lot, I do say, uh, like, Bob, sometimes when you walk faster than me, I do say my legs don't know how to be as long as yours. That's true. And, which is a funnier thing to say than, like, I'm in worse shape than you are and want to walk slow. <laughs> the sidewalks are fast walking, <laughs> not for slow walking. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yes, here's here's uh, Bart and Ralph heading off to uh, to a new place. place. Well, that is your problem, Ralph. This is how I always walk. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
videotaping this crime spree is the best idea we ever had. Quick, Ralph, in the bushes. <laughs> Hi, guys. Have enough for you? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I love the artless shut up replies Those on The are Simpsons. Funny. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> no joke, just like, shut up. This is a reference to a real life incident in which teens did videotape their own crime spree. Oh. But that has happened so much since this episode aired, mm-hmm. I couldn't find the incident, the uh, actual okay. incident. So there you have it. At, at the time it aired, I thought it was, this was, I had not seen the movie Natural Born Killers, but I thought it was a Natural Born Killers reference. But now it is just, uh, I mean, the quaintness of a VHS tape recorder taping a crime spree, like the massacres get uh, get live streamed now. Like it's, yeah, it's yeah. pretty horrible. This this reality. Got to give a shout out to PewDiePie. Oh, yep, yep. You do. You're supposed to laugh, Henry. <laughs> it's just, it's ironic. Yeah, all this hate was ironic. No, but I mean, cr- and it's also police crimes too. We get to see live streamed all mm-hmm. the time. That's uh, well, and also just even vandalism, mischief that the bullies are doing here that that's just youtube content oh yeah yeah Yeah. they're called pranks it's all prank videos yeah there's also two great shut-ups in this episode this is the first good this is the better of the two i really like it but uh i also like how night after bart shoves him in the bush ralph's being very nice about it like oh they don't hurt unless they have prickers this one did ow (laughs) he's he's at least being nice to him yeah, bushes are not his friend. The berries <laughs> taste like burning. <laughs> they have prickers. Yeah, actually, sorry, Kate. One more, uh, one more writer's <laughs> question. We had heard a story that there is like poisonous-looking berries outside of the writer's room on some bush there, and one one person ate it once. Could you? Is that bush still there? Is there a, a bush with berries on it? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, if there was, out. like, I never talked about it with anyone, so. <laughs> All right. I, I, I probably. I mean, they they really don't change anything around there, so I'm like, sure, it was. I'm sure it's still there. They removed it after it nearly killed Steve Tompkins, <laughs> <laughs> as as the story we had heard from Josh Weinstein. The uh, well, also, yeah, is there still the dinner bell or the sorry, the lunch bell? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a big part of my day was oh. humili- being humiliated, having to uh. ring a cowbell. Oh man, for adult men, well, well, mostly I, men. I'm so I'm so honored to have a cow. Cowbell ringer, the ringer of the official cowbell. Conan O'Brien touched that bell. <laughs> he did. He yeah, did. Is it the same Conan. bell? <laughs> it's the same, I'm sure. It's probably the same bell, maybe not, but <laughs> God. Yeah, I would have to ring the cowbell. And then the worst would be when there were like tours going around the Fox lot and like like a, a golf cart full of like important looking people would just like see me ringing a cowbell. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we've only heard the cowbell stories from the writer's side. Oh, yeah, they the love it. They love it. They don't have to do it. <laughs> uh that's fun. I, I at this point it could be automated but I'm I I'm still kind of glad it's the same cowbell. It's it, I don't know nothing I don't know <laughs> nothing. You can't like the thing with the Simpsons is you you can't change anything over there for a reason. Like it's a well-oiled machine. Mm. That's why when I worked there and I was training other PAs I'd be like never try to improve the system <laughs> because it just works. Like you have to fax in the lunch orders. Don't ask, just do it. You, use this fax machine from the 80s. Wow. Use the cowbell because as soon as you would change like one thing like you'd put the chips in a different cupboard like everyone would notice and like be like why is that 
different. It'd just be chaos. <laughs> it would be chaos. Like everything is like in its place, like <laughs> in its disgusting, weird, old, decrepit place for a reason. <laughs> okay, this next scene I feel like is line of the episode. This is Ralph showing Bart around his place. Please. I love it. That's the joke. You have to make it official with the line of the episode jingle. Sorry, I had to do that first. But yes. This is my swing set. This is my sandbox. I'm not allowed to go in the deep end. That's where I saw the leprechaun. Right, a leprechaun. <laughs> he told me to burn things. Uh-huh. <laughs> you want to play stuffed animal parade? Maybe later. Come on, Ralph, your dad's a cop. There must be some cool stuff around here. Bullets, dead body photos, what have you. He keeps that stuff in his closet, but he says I'm not allowed in there. Did he say I'm not allowed in there? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm going in anyway. I do like the glee with which he hits burn things. Burn things, yeah. yeah. And then Bart's just hold uh-huh. like, uh-huh. Hey, it pays off later. We meet the leprechaun. It does. I, that's the same leprechaun who appears in many episodes. I, they didn't yeah. make a new leprechaun design. He became a character. <laughs> but goddamn, him saying he told me just his... The way also Ralph stares off into the middle distance and yeah. he says he told me to burn things is so, so fucking funny. I mean, it definitely, there were many comedies after this that the jokes about how mentally slow people also could be pyromaniacs mm-hmm. or dangerous. So I, I don't know how I feel totally about that legacy of jokes, but, uh, but this is so goddamn funny. I do love it. It is so funny. That's also when we get to see the Wiggle Puppy drawings, which just, he's drawn so many of them, and he he seems fun. I like that Wiggle Puppy. Uh, and also, it's so cute, he's like stuffed animal parade, which he does <laughs> so so many times in his life, apparently. That Wiggum has outright said to Ralph, Bart Simpson is not allowed in here. Yeah. He knows uh, Bart well by yeah. now. Oh, he should. Yeah, he definitely should. Then they head into the closet, which, uh, now it's time for Henry's Tale of the Tape number two. Ooh. Uh, I was worried. We only had one so far. (laughs) We're in act two. When they're going through the criminal reports, the crime for each person, uh, there's a little sideshow Bob one too there, which that was cute. Yeah, Bob yeah. Twilger. But they pull up Homer's one, and for this airing, I don't know on my tape. I don't know why I did it and didn't do it for other episodes. But uh, I was being so nerdy one day that I was like, "What do the closed captions say? And do they say something different yes. from the show?" And they did. Yes, the closed captions. From the broadcast version on my tape, said a different joke looking at Homer's crime report. And it's a much darker joke and one I don't think you're going to like, Bob. It's, oh, no. Uh, oh, no. Birds? It is okay. bird related. Oh, come on. So my guess is that they changed a line late, but the closed captioners got it from the old audio. Yeah, that happened a lot, actually. So this will explain a lot about me. For about five years, <laughs> I watched TV with closed captioning on because I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is so cool. The words show up. And I caught a lot of those. There were more than a few cases. Oh, on the Simpsons uh, where there'd be a changed line you'd see the original one in the captioning I should have done it on more I really should have but boy we are gigantic nerds yeah, this, I, I'm sorry Kate yeah. I'm sorry but <laughs> <laughs> so the line mom's only been in twice wouldn't really make sense because he's looking at Homer's thing not Marge's anyway yeah. so and his mouth is so off you it's, could tell he didn't say it uh, in the closed captioning I remember it clear as day uh, it's not mom's only been in twice it was aw he killed a swan at the zoo okay and you can see at the end of the altered line in the animation 
still Bart's mouth still goes into the ooh shape of yeah. zoo. I, I'm kind of glad they cut the joke that Homer killed a bird for seemingly <laughs> yeah. no reason. They like yeah. strangled a swan. But. I think the jail count is right for Marge at least because we have uh, Homer alone. She yeah. gets arrested. And also Marge. Um, Marge and Chains. Marge and Chains, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah. Two yeah. arrests. That, and that fits there's many for Homer. <laughs> I th- it's got to be more than six, but who knows? Oh, more than six. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so, yes, that was the, that's Tale of Tape number two. There's two more coming, Ooh, listeners. I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Gonna fall off. But yeah, they so they go through all that stuff. And then we have, then Wiggum comes home early, which I, I also love. There, there's some good Wiggum stuff in this episode. Hello, Sarah, Ralphie. It's me, Chief Wiggum. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, in here! <sighs> Man, we have got to get an escalator. <gasps> A 341 in my own bedroom. All right, Crookie. Let's dance. <laughs> oh, God, my back! Oh! Officer down! <laughs> Officer down! <laughs> Hi, Daddy! Oh, oh, it's just you. Well, help Daddy up. You know you're not supposed to go in there. What is your fascination with my forbidden closet of mystery? <laughs> Sorry, Chief. Um, we were just playing. Ralphie, you got a friend? Wiggum has rarely been fatter when he fell down there. He's like he, a perfect orb. Yeah, he, <laughs> oh, God. And he's like turtle-like movements yeah. on it. It's so a, funny. A real painful back noise, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Though he did a... I got to give it to him. He did a full roll back yeah. around to the other side. Uh, at one time, it seems like he was a good cop or could do uh, you know, actual acrobatics. But I also... I remember watching it the first time with my mom. She kind of gasped at the idea that, Ralph, uh, that Wiggum was about to shoot and kill Martin <laughs> and Ralph. Which is like such a dark place to take that to. And I, I also love that he, when he arrives home, he just says out loud, It's me, Chief Wiggum. And they mislead where it's taking him extra long to get up the stairs because he's just very out of shape. Yes, yeah. He wants to get an escalator. <laughs> he goes right back to Wiggum being just so nice to Ralph. He's like, he's just happy Ralph has a friend. It's really sweet. I like that. He gives them right gear, and then meanwhile, Bart starts drooling over the police master key, which apparently that's also a thing that like locksmiths have, but mm. it's, uh, I don't I don't think it's one of those open any key type thing, but uh, more like an official capacity. Though now, everything's like digital fobs. Like, that's my, my apartment has that, which they just pass along to Amazon delivery people who get into yeah. my apartment pretty easily. You look oh, clean. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you look clean, yeah. Though I've had people steal packages a number of times now, so I don't know. It's, it is nice to have it put in on the inside. I had some nice new pair of these earphones just taken by some hmm. dude. Hope they like them in hell. <laughs> I got to think, wired earphones is like, you didn't end up with anything good here, buddy. Like, it's these are $20. <laughs> uh, there's some kind of gross Bart drooling there, too, in the animation. Uh, so this next scene... With the answering machine, it goes on long. It, this was the one that felt to me like the script is short. Let's yeah. have a long joke here. And I like the joke that they're using a very outdated book. Yes. Like yeah. when answering machines were new. If <laughs> you look at the cover, it looks like it's from the 70s. That Well, though, there is a Jerry Maguire joke in there, too. Oh, so. okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, though that feels very must TV, this gag, too, I think. I feel like this, uh, it doesn't feel as Simpson-y to me. I feel like this would have been on like Seinfeld or Caroline in the Oh, don't give Seinfeld this, Henry. Oh, Come okay. on. <laughs> what? 
they did a whole answering machine gag of like believe it. Yeah, or not, that was a I'm... much deeper cut than Jerry Maguire. Though. Okay, I'm offended. <laughs> Defending Seinfeld here. I'm sorry, oh, no. I didn't. He mean... just turned sixty five now. I... He's officially old. <laughs> uh, let's let's hear the whole uh, answering machine gag here. Hi, this is Jerry Maguire. Show me the message. Show me the message. No, that stinks. Let me try one. This is Geraldine, and the devil maybe missed your call, so here come the beep. Here come the beep. <laughs> Do the message. Long. I'm going to sleep over at Ralph's. Oh, see, I knew you'd find something you liked about him. Oh, I found something all right. <laughs> After the beep. So my parents did, uh, when they first got married and were a young, loving couple, they still are, by the way, uh, uh, they did record hilarious answering machine messages. Oh, wow. My yeah. parents never did that. Yep. I, uh, <laughs> I just remembered uh, one of them right now. So my stepdad's last name, please don't dox him, is Subnoski. Okay. And it's like, you've reached the home of the Subnoskis where we like to eat kraut and kielbasa. And they did. <laughs> so there you have That's it. Very and then there was more rhyming after that. So I was not deeply embarrassed by that as a kid. <laughs> he really leaned into the Polish jokes there. They really did yeah he was all about <laughs> polish humor can you believe a guy named subnoski is polish <laughs> you know my parents never did that now now everybody is an answering machine jokester on their message yeah we had i had one when i was a kid and i remember coming up with it but i don't know if it was because i stole it from a tv show or or something but it was like you've reached the rafteries washing machine the answering machine is on a coffee break right now so leave oh. a message after the spin cycle <laughs> that's a and classic then, machine joke <laughs> i think i stole it i don't <laughs> I think I, I think I made it up when I was like seven. I and like it. When I say made it up, I mean fully stole it. <laughs> well, but me and my brothers, we all did it together. It was very adorable. That is that is adorable. I you know, if nobody knows where it was stolen from, is it really stolen? I just my... Googled it and I don't think it I can't find it. All right. I, so I'm gonna I, take credit. My message on my voicemail is this mailbox is full. Because uh, I never check my voicemail. Yeah. Don't call me. <laughs> uh, it's pretty rare I answer the phone unless I know the number and even then it's more like a callback situation i i'm in the shower every time my dad calls so i can just like have 30 minutes to like all right i'll, I'll let him wait then i'll call back like oh dad i was in the shower that's, <laughs> that's a good policy you have to speak up i'm wearing a towel <laughs> though i've never uh i've never set up my voicemail box now just because i don't want messages and maybe maybe i'm inviting a a I'm going to miss something because of that. But I, I like living without voicemail. It's been nice. Really, if it's that important, you can text me. Like, yeah, yeah, leave a voice memo if you must. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, here's, boy, I didn't think I'd be telling this many childhood stories here. But okay. I was the kid ashamed of his nightlight on sleepovers. Uh. I, I think it was around eight that... I realize, like, I either just don't, I can't have sleepovers at my place. I have to go to the other guy friend's house, or I have to pretend I don't have a nightlight, eat one night, and sleep without it. Like, I, I don't know what it was. I just really hated the idea of being in complete darkness when I slept. And, oh, the dark is scary as fuck. <laughs> it's a human fear. I think it wasn't until I did enough, like, teen sleepovers, like, you know, 13 going on, that I slept over at enough friends who were, like, toxic boys who hated the idea of being weak with a nightlight that I I then learned to uh, to no longer have it just to just to not be made fun of that was all it was about and, and now I I'm totally fine with darkness I I'm it's more annoying to me when it's not dark I actually 
just uh, the last five years, I sleep with a, a night mask on just because oh, I want wow. complete pitch blackness. But that's also so my husband can stay up playing uh, Mortal Kombat late if he wants to, which uh, <laughs> he's been doing a lot lately. The sound of that nightlight turning on is so funny. He just, and Bart's like, Egh. like, God, such a funny reaction. Bart steals the key. Uh, we get a funny joke about too many bad Pink Panther movies, but uh, it's such a specific joke. Yeah, I think at this point there was one in the 80s with a different Clouseau. Wasn't it Benini? Roberto uh, Benini? That was in the 90s. Oh, there was one in okay. the 80s, and I think that's what they're referencing here. And the estate of Peter Sellers sued them or something like that for uh, disrespecting his memory. I didn't know that. I just, Ken Wall is funny casting because he's like, he was a handsome, tough guy actor. So him playing Inspector Clouseau is like, yeah. uh, is very silly. For a long time, I thought those movies were about the cartoon character. <laughs> and then I found out that was not true. And I was very disappointed. I only watched the cartoons as a kid. It was like my late teens when I finally saw a Pink Panther film. It was, uh, I think I didn't like it as a kid because my brain just shut off when a cartoon if I saw a movie with a cartoon opening and then the cartoon was over, I did think like now yeah, the that's movie's a scam. Yeah, yeah, it's like the movie's bad now. Cartoon's over. Yeah, like Grease. Remember the opening of Grease? Yeah. It's a cartoon. Oh, wow. City Slickers. <laughs> uh, what was the the beach one? Well, Better Off Dead. Better had Off it Dead. Too. Yeah. And uh, in the summer, God, the beach. One crazy summer. One crazy. There's summer. animation all throughout that. Though. Yes. Yeah. Which David Silverman worked on. That's we right, talked yeah. about that on our podcast. Oh, nice. <laughs> How much interaction was there with the uh, the artists? They because they I know David Silverman. Okay, he was in a lot. Uh, he would come in for all the. Basically, I only know the animation people who were at any color screening or okay. animatic screening. Ah, or I don't know if they would come for the table reads, but I think some of them would. So yeah, cause the, uh, the animation studio, the animation side of things, that's all the way on like Burbank, right? Yeah. Film Roman or mm. did it change? I think it's still, it's still film, film Roman, Roman for now. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Film Roman. Yeah. I know some of those. I know David Silverman. He would always give out, um, give me a Christmas card or Aww. he makes a, he makes a new year's card every year with like a drawing on it. That's Aww, so that's nice. Great. Wow. Yeah, I see. It's in my it's in my little memories that's box. <laughs> he was very nice when we talked to him. Yeah. yeah, he's really, really great. He's a sweet guy. Boy, you know, you mentioned that film Roman thing. Yeah, I wonder what need does Disney have for a film Roman when mm. they're an animation I know. company? Uh, I mean, I feel yeah. like just because it's The Simpsons, like they'll... I truly don't know what's going to happen. You would think they can keep the machinery themselves because the, the power Gracie films has like control. Right. but I don't know. Disney is a uh, a powerful monster. They are. I mean, anyway, <laughs> this, this is too much business. He's talking. I do love the little joke of Bart when he looks back at Ralph and then smashes him and just gratuitously in the face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get him one last uh, poke. Also, a great name, J.R.R. Toykins as uh, as a toy store. That's pretty good. That used to be an obscure think. reference. Yeah, you know, in, in 98 it was, we were, what, three years away from Fellowship of the Ring? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Though, everything before and after 9-11, in my mind, feels separated by, like, a decade, when it was really, like, less than three years. Right. Uh, but, alright, tale of the tape number three! Ooh. <laughs> They're getting better, everyone. <laughs> you know, the last one, and I'm thinking you of peaked how this with two. Is, no, I'm, I think I'll peak with three. Four is kind of a down 
point uh, after that, but I got to do it in order. Okay. Uh, so, tale of the tape number three. From the closed captioning, I, my belief is that they had originally timed out this scene to the Who song, I'm Free. Because yes. Because the lyrics of that are on the bottom. Oh, you know that too? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Again, caption fan right here. <laughs> checking in. Yes, yeah. So, I remember reading it to I'm Free, and then I'm hearing on the sound, it's like, it's just the, really a library song they'd used before of just kids frolicking so i would guess they either just couldn't secure the rights or a budget thing. at the last minute they couldn't clear it or yeah. something happened i mean that scene wouldn't be that much better with i'm free over it anyway. it feels like something is missing and now that you know a song is supposed to be there <laughs> yeah i can see that all right so yes that that's tale of the tape number three. yeah that's another thing that would happen they would show you song lyrics often when mm. there was no song like oh that yeah. song didn't end up in the episode <laughs> i think uh you know in, in i mean the who i'm free really fits with mike Scully loves 70s rock like he puts that in, in every place he could in the yeah, show future stars i uh, guess stars yeah yeah he the who would be the I think season 12 was it i think so drawn as young people though <laughs> strangely <laughs> uh, and the pete townsend brother voices pete townsend mm. for part of it you don't want to talk to that guy <laughs> you don't want to know who he's into uh so i do my favorite there's some okay gags again on the commentary they're dumping on the gags there they're like this could have been funnier <laughs> this could have been better like they honestly i think they're a little too rough on this but that's the feel I got from Dan Grady in general that he's a very like exacting joke writer and maybe too too critical like give yourself a break Dan you're you don't be too critical of yourself but the uh, the Barbie archeries are that's my favorite yeah I did like that gag and I guess the uncreativity of using Lego blocks to build a giant Lego block that's pretty funny I could also go for some funeral fudge about now Mm-mm. I don't think that's real I've been to a few funerals there's not always fudge there's rarely that's, fudge yeah it's, it's more, not enough <laughs> <laughs> it's more casseroles I've seen there but there's drinking no, well I didn't or yeah. drinking. <laughs> yes. Yeah, true. Uh, I, I prefer, I stuff down my funeral feelings with food, not, not alcohol. Mm. I leave I leave the open bar to the others. <laughs> but but anyway, enough, enough sad talk. Let's, uh, the bullies. Happy stories. <laughs> the bullies enter, enter the picture here. I can't believe we ate a whole wedding cake. And an entire pan of funeral fudge. <gasps> Check it out, guys. It's dark and darker. What you doing there, Simpson? Babysitting? We're on a play date. Oh, <laughs> isn't that adorable? The girls are on a play date. Uh, I'll take it from here, Ralph. Um, we're just hanging, chilling, a little bit of illin'. We don't get you, Simpson. Sometimes you seem kind of righteous, but then we see you fraternizing with lameoids, which makes you a lamewad. Oh yeah. Would a lame wad have the police master key? Whoa! Wow. Wow. Useful, wow. very handy. Hey, maybe you are cool enough to hang out with us. Really? You think so? <laughs> I don't know what to say. This is all happening so fast. <laughs> Poor Bart doesn't understand he's being used by bullies. That's uh, you. You just you're happy to be popular. Yeah, in those he's kind above of Ralph, but below the bullies <laughs> on the bully scale. Why well, I've referenced that line a million times, but that is, I think that really captures what's weird about Bart with how they write him, that he oscillates from the coolest kid in school to a heavily bullied nerd. And it's like, sometimes he's the awesome kid who can do all the skateboarding tricks and everybody wants his, uh, him to sign their yearbook. And then other times he's on the level of Millhouse being savagely beaten by bullies. They, uh, he, he does go between, it is. What was the joke? They get beaten up, but they get a reason. Yeah, they do get a reason. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I suppose it is just like the bullies think he's cool until he hangs out with lameoids that then bring him down to lamewad status. 
And how do you feel about the morning wood joke? Uh, I didn't know it was. Uh, I was very innocent to that. I didn't realize it was a boner joke until they brought it up on the commentaries uh, in uh, my first commentary viewing, in like oh six or oh seven, I guess. I think. I mean, they said morning wood about ten thousand times on Beavis and Butthead at this point. Yeah. So for some reason, I was when, on board when there was no space between the words morning and wood. I did not understand that it was an erection joke. Hmm. Got two erection jokes in this episode. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh... <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> well, also you mentioned Beavis and Butthead. The torturing of a frog yeah. really reminded me. The frog me. got away safely. Yes, the frog was safe. I'm glad. I, it would have been worse. At first, I think you're supposed to think it's a dead frog. And then when it hops away, you're like, okay, good. And yeah, the Bart just has no idea that he's being used here. This has another great just like shut up. In this next clip here of them arriving, all the bullies have lame ideas to use the key that can get it to anywhere. Keying the car is my favorite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but Bart has the best idea. Here she is, the big house, the stony lonesome, the thug jug, the mobster trap, Penn State, the old crook. Shut up! <laughs> Let's just open the gate. I'm scared, Bart. I want to go home. Come on, Ralph, don't embarrass me. It's just an abandoned prison. All the murderers are long dead, and I'm sure they're ghosts. are probably in hell. <laughs> Let's go, Simpson. Ditch the baby. My key Sorry, Ralph I thought we were friends (laughs) Wait, I missed that Get him to say it again (laughs) Such cruelty I, uh, well, I like the gag that Jimbo knows that's a good exit line for yeah. the break. That he's like, like saying that's a good act break. Yeah, uh, there there is a lot of they they get some good little emotion there out of like Ralph. They give him enough emotional depth to be sad that a friend betrayed him. Like I, he's usually such a blank slate to be betrayed yeah, by a friend. True. Yeah. Until that point, had let Ralph keep the key. I like that Bart had enough respect for Ralph of like Bart could have kept the key the whole time, but Ralph's like, no, it's my dad's key. I'm gonna hold on to it and Bart respected that. Yeah, they're bonding and they were bonding a bit. <laughs> the act break shot of them in black and white just both staring head on at the camera just <laughs> covered in mud. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so... Though, storytelling-wise, I think it's interesting that, like, when they come back from break, Bart immediately changes his mind. Like, instead of waiting for scenes later, he's like, you know what? No, I treated Ralph bad. I'm going backwards on this. Like, uh, it's, it's very... Sp- Speedily plotted. He had three commercials worth of time to think about it. (laughs) Bart changes his mind and then he gets some ironic betrayal. Go on home, Ralph. I can't without Daddy's key. I can't bail on a friend, even if it is Ralph. Ah, you was. Hey, give it back. (laughs) Hey, key boy. (laughs) Hey, come on. I thought we were friends. Yeah, well, I hope the irony's not lost on you, Simpson. (laughs) 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 This sucks. Let's do something else. I know. Let's go pick some uckleberries. Yeah. Hey, Ralph, you're braver than you thought. (laughs) Wait for me. 
I like when Nelson is occasionally wholesome like that. Yes, yeah. Nelson has a deep love for huckleberries. He's in the uh, Lisa Kudrow guest starring episode. Yeah. We'll hear more about his love of huckleberries. And confectioner sugar. Mm. You need that to, you know, I got to try that with huckleberries and sugar on that. It sounds good. It's hard to get huckleberries around here. I don't know if there's, uh, if this is, if uh, Northern California is a huckleberry area. I don't know if I've ever eaten huckleberries feels more like, well, I guess I associated with the South because of Huckleberry Hound being yeah. so Southern and gay. Of course, <laughs> but, uh, so gay. Uh, the, I also, again, the, the awareness of the bullies. Bart says, I thought you were my friends, which is what Ralph just said to him. <laughs> and so when Nelson, like, so the irony is already there for the observant, but Re- Nelson has to say out loud, well, I hope the irony is not lost on you. <laughs> Though I think it's very wasteful of the bullies. Like, they have a key that can get anywhere, and they're they just throw it away like they'd rather taunt them by throwing away a key than using it for more mischief yeah honestly that's the ultimate troll no it's true true. yeah and uh i also like it's kind of a cute cool brave ralph moment of him he is terrified by this more than bart but he's also so single-minded and like i have to get this key that he just storms right into it yeah i I like that a lot he's more he's more unaware of actual danger Mm -hmm. and uh so they hit in bart appreciates the the distance of the toilet to the bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luxury. I, <laughs> I love the pointy kid he took it. That's so. Uh, Ralph doesn't know what a, a rat is, and he just sees it as a pointy kitty. I mean, again, I guess that's Rugratsy as well. But, yes, but uh, uh, it's a high <laughs> class Rugrats joke. <laughs> Uh, but yes, as they the the rat then leads them to a dangerous door. Ooh, mama, the electric chair. Smell that, Ralph? That's the smell of justice. It smells like hot dogs. Hmm, maybe it still works. Give me the newlyweds from that cake. Stand back. <laughs> what a jip. Maybe our key fits in here. <laughs> Till death do you part. <laughs> Somebody down there? Uh-oh. Let's get out of here. My, do I always shout first. Just gives them a chance to run away. Uh, well, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I love this character. Like, he has such a, such a great backstory that we don't know about. We hear about him and his wife. I've used that phrase before when I mess something up. Like, well, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I love that guy because it's a comment on all the old guards in movies who are just like, hey, who's over there? Like that. And it, it does just give people a, a yeah. reason to run away. They know they've been spotted. Uh, uh, that and that he knows he's a trope, but he can't change his life. He's too old now. This really reminded me of how uh, at, at the grocery store I worked at as a teenager, and I still see this at banks. Our security guard, which was just the guy who sat in his car in the parking lot and smoked endlessly all night, <laughs> I think he was probably 103 years old. It's <laughs> so, like if push came to shove, someone would just knock him over. He'd, he'd crumble in the dust. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you feel. Uh, I guess maybe they. They're hoping that a bad guy will not hurt an old man. Maybe they're they're hoping on that. 
I guess. It just confused me. <laughs> Maybe they'll feel even less ready to fight. If he was a young man, they'd be like, all right, this young guy, I'm going to shoot him in his back. But when it's your grandpa, maybe you feel less likely to shoot. But it does seem pretty useless to have a, someone that old as a guard. Well, he's dead and in hell now, so. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, also, the I love the animation on the plastic people melting. Also, you see the Bart is very pro-death penalty that he calls it justice. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> uh, so them turning on the electric chair is so silly. Everything. This is a very creaky third act dilemma, and <laughs> yeah. I, they know how creaky it I lo- is. I love yeah. that they know, and that they... Especially with what Quimby says later, it's just like the most contrived <laughs> dilemma to set up. But I like that they lean into how contrived it is. They even, again, on them clowning on themselves on the commentary when the line goes maybe our key fits in there they just go like this is the third of those times we said maybe this will work and then it happens (laughs) it just worked they felt like they were cheating by having so many maybe this would work the world is just cooperating with Bart and Ralph right now (laughs) you would think that key is the wrong size to work on that but hey we need the we need an end of this episode usually the electric chair is not in a closet it's like behind a mirrored window people watch you die Uh, the electric Electric chair was uh, out of practice. They most of them were creaky and old by this point. We moved on to other ways for state capital punishment that involved. Although giving... I just listened to a podcast about the electric chair, and I guess the most recent one was in 2018. Really? Wow. Oh. So Good. you have to request it. I think. Uh, I think it's like you have to be like, I want to die that way. Wow. Mm. Damn. Well, the new way of killing people allows us to make uh, big contracts with pharmaceutical companies. <laughs> oh yeah. So it's good for everybody except they, the yeah. condemned. They, and everyone. <laughs> they. They. I guess the pharmaceutical companies had better lobbyists on a state level than uh, the electric company did. I suppose. True. <laughs> Doesn't take much electricity to kill a person, though. Uh, you know. Actually, I have some stats on that later. The, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, the capital punishment little bit here is it's funny to just think about capital punishment no the uh yeah i remember the requesting yourself requesting your thing was a plot on oz mm. uh, in like the first season of oz they bring back the death penalty in the fictional state it's set in and i think it's i think it was around when new york did bring back the death penalty and a guy asked for like a firing squad because he wants it to yeah. be like as disgusting as possible to make people feel guilty I learned a lot about the logistics of the electric chair via The Green Mile, the book The Green Oof, Mile. Yeah, that's uh, that's a fun book. Gotta too. put that sponge on their head, folks. Yeah, so it conducts better. That's what they don't do to Quimby. Quimby doesn't act that part out. So it's the next day. They think everything's fine. There's a bit with Go Fish that it feels like there's a missing scene there. Like, isn't Ralph drawn like he has stuff in his it mouth? It looks like, yeah, there's, there's something in his mouth. I feel like he ate the cards and thought they were fish. I feel like that's the joke that got cut. Oh, yeah, actually, Kate, have you seen a lot of, if, did you get to watch the animatics on animatic day or i did yeah i I get to watch them yeah how how exacting could they be sometimes with like cutting a joke or like have you seen them see a you don't have to name scenes but like have you ever seen a scene get cut and uh how how that's done oh yeah totally i used to have to sometimes take notes after the animatic screening you'd watch the episode the animatic and then yeah, they fully yeah they they fully uh, cut things and they'll they'll rewrite stuff. I've seen Matt Groening watch an animatic and then give Al Jean in the writers' room like his thoughts or like wow. Al noting it up a script and hmm. yeah. 
man, even the, you, whole, when so the whole thing, Al writes the jokes that need to be changed or whatever. Um, it's all like handwritten, and then like you have to photocopy Al's notes, and then like <laughs> it's like a whole, and then you have to like write next to the things as he's describing his notes if you can't read his handwriting. <laughs> that that, uh, that also sounds like the fact system of just like it's been the same for yep. since season one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard to it's hard to argue with the success of those those early years that oh, it yeah. worked. Yeah, it works. <laughs> I like the line of the Justice League moving into their new building today too. That's, that was back uh, when Justice League things were corny. And now that's <laughs> uh, the wave of the future. Now we're just tired of the Justice yeah. League, honestly. I just imagine the the show Bart's talking about is Super Friends, like because obviously the writers of the show didn't know there wasn't a Justice League new cartoon happening today. But Bart could say the Justice League's going to fight somebody, but it's like the Justice League is moving. <laughs> it's moving day for the Justice League, <laughs> which I don't think that's a plot on an episode of super friends but i don't know that entirely uh but yes bart finds something else on tv instead of superman gunny threes go fish (laughs) see here's the problem ralph you have several threes go fish why don't we watch cartoons the justice league is moving into their new building today kent brockman reporting live from mayor quimby's press conference at the abandoned penitentiary huh I have ordered the reopening of this prison to send a message to the criminals of Springfield. If you commit a violent crime in my town, you are going to end up here. Hey, that's our play chair! To demonstrate what you're in for, I will now strap myself into this electric chair, which was deactivated over 30 years ago. And I can only assume, still is. Uh-oh. We didn't reset the safety switch. He's going to smell like hot dogs. <laughs> I do love the line, he's going to smell like hot dogs. Ralph yes. is worried. Uh, <laughs> Ralph thinks the chair that makes you smell like hot dogs. It, it's That's the danger of smelling like hot dogs. Holy shit, this whole, this whole bit here. And I can only assume, still <laughs> is. There's no, he can't test that it works or not before he gets in it. <laughs> and they just happen to turn this channel on. It that, is. That so right contrived. And then he also, later he's going to say he's going to act out all the motions. Yeah. Like, though his his characterization here is very much a Clinton-era Democrat of just like, yeah, I'm yeah. tough on crime. Yep, yep. Like, oh, yeah. I, I think it was uh, your your KDAM co-host who, who brought up how uh, like this kind of thinking got people killed. Like Clinton, yep. Clinton was worried that he would be judged as weak on crime when he was Arkansas governor. And so he put someone to death he probably shouldn't have. Mm. Well, I'm I'm anti death penalty in general, so he shouldn't put anybody to death. Uh, yeah, that that that's what that was the. I think we still have a lot of uh, bullshit tough on crime Democrats these days. Honestly, I, yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, yeah, they. I mean, but they, it's all because of Dukakis. Everybody's afraid of being seen as like a weak dude, like Dukakis. Was the guy that Clinton killed uh, via death penalty? Was he the guy who was injured? His brain was injured in a shootout with the cops. I think there was a really so. infamous case, like Ricky Ray something, where he. Uh, you shouldn't. It the rule in the books is like they have to know they're going to die. They have to be mm. at least mentally sufficient enough to know they're going to die. He didn't eat all of his last meal because he wanted to save some for later. That was uh, the uh, the way that like, like oh no, oh no. Uh, yeah, he got he got brain damage from being shot during with the cops. He killed a mm-hmm. cop in a shootout, mm-hmm. and he was shot in the head. 
Which, hey, like, you know what? That's life imprisonment. Go, yeah. like, forever. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, why, and definitely around this time, Bush was, George W. Bush was killing a lot of people in Texas who with mental mental problems. And that's freedom, folks. <laughs> um, no, so yes, the, the acting out, this is so fucking funny, too. Like, this, this plotting, this was the time I really laughed at just the plotting of it that they need to tell a story where Ralph saves the day, but he is incapable as a character of coming up with an actual plan that will save the day. But the plot has to treat it like Ralph saves the day, yeah. as do the characters. And this problem happens in what, like the last two minutes? Like they set up the problem and solve it yeah. within two to three minutes. Very quickly. Yeah. yeah. It, this this feels like a rushed ending. It does. But uh, we're so removed from uh, like the main problem of is Bart friends with Ralph? That's done. Like they're just friends. Like they're friends now before the end of the episode. So it's really just about saving a life. <laughs> and uh, Of a bad man. And, uh, and Ralph has quite a plan in this next clip. Come on, a man's life is at stake. We need to get a message to the prison. Think. Think. Lisa's a good thinker. <laughs> That's it. Ralph, you're a genius. Now, as I mind the convulsions of a condemned criminal, I remind my staff not to come to my assistance, no matter how realistic my performance may be. Normal. <laughs> Getting ready to throw the switch. Lisa, hurry! Let's just pray this hits the prison. <laughs> Smithies, there's a rocket in my pocket. You don't have to tell me, sir. Turn off the chair. He's just saying, turn off the chair out loud, and no one's turning it off. <laughs> I now I like uh, uh, with the with the music. With sorry, just listening to the audio, I love the little like sparkly sound cue they play mm. when Ralph's like, "Ask Lisa." That's it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. We'll ask somebody else. Yeah. And even better that they don't, another episode would have had a, a different plotted episode, would have Lisa say out loud the plan of like, we need to use the rocket to alert the people we can yeah. shoot at the prison. But her coming up with that idea doesn't matter to the plot point of Ralph saving the day. So she's just using it without, and then also how useless Bart is of just like, come on, Lisa, hurry up, yeah. do it. Yeah. Uh, so aside from me and gay joke, there's a walk-in yes. in my pocket is the uh, Dr. Seuss book from 1974. Oh. I think a lesser known one. I didn't realize that was a Dr. Seuss joke until I went on the internet later wow. after this episode aired. I did not know that. Uh, I mean, yes, it's also, I think, I don't think Burns has ever had a rocket in his pocket. I know. We've seen what his, well, the characters have commented on the size of his genitalia before. So we know that we know that ain't no rocket. And but. his lethargic sperm. <laughs> 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 Though it wasn't lethargic enough to create Larry Burns. It did do that. That's but. true. So, oh yeah, I didn't get the clip, but they can't call the prison because the old man is on the phone with his oh, yeah. wife. Yeah. Well, too to... old to have children. <laughs> uh, that voice tells, is so tells her to start a ball of twine. <laughs> a new one. Yeah. Like she's already made a lot of balls of twine. But uh, the it's a great animation too of how the rocket looks for a second like it's going to hit the prison and tell them to stop and instead it misses. Very clever geography. That prison has always been there between the Simpsons house and the uh, nuclear right. plant. Yeah, and it's all visible right out the window. That's uh, 
I think I forget which season it was. There is the episode where Marge adopts the prisoner, and the gag is twice in the episode she looks out the window, and one time she sees the prison, and the other time she sees a different. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll fall for plot purposes. Uh, though I guess now this does fit with the prison being visible. The mm-hmm. uh, Morningwood Prison. It goes into Mr. Burns's office. On the commentary, they also joke that sometimes Mr. Burns can't do anything, and this time he has full control over all the power. He's plans. got a huge, complicated console. <laughs> but uh, is uh, Quimby? Is being electrocuted before i play the last clip i did want to say i looked this up he's electrocuted for 24 seconds of the show and in the electric chair at least in classic uses the way it would be done is you would be zapped for 30 seconds with 2000 volts which is usually enough to like even if your heart hasn't stopped yet at that point your brain's dead you're you're dead but there were rare people who the first shock would not kill them and they would survive and then they they just do another 30 seconds yeah so i'm guessing then that Quimby is one of those lucky few who <laughs> survives the first 30 seconds of electrocution. He's okay, folks. <laughs> I also love that he is decidedly not okay. Yeah. And How do you make that smoke appear? <laughs> there, could, there could be a joke. I mean, they could just say he died on his way home, like he had multiple heart attacks from, from what happened. Nobody just recovers from being zapped that much, but just the animation on his electric, it really reminds me of the season one one when they're all yeah. zapping each other. No disgrace like home, yeah. yeah. Here's the final final scene of the episode that was really entertaining how did you make that smoke yeah (laughs) all right way to go ralph ralph but the rocket was my idea but asking you was Ralph's idea. You're the man, Ralph. But surely I deserve some credit for Ralph, 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 Ralph. Ralph, Ralph. Oh, let him have this one, Reese. After all, it's Ralph. Ralph, 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 Ralph. You've done grand, laddie. Now you know what you have to do. Burn the house down. Burn them all. Good, that's good. <laughs> the sinister music at he the end. Killed, that music tells you he killed the Simpsons that night. By giving Ralph out. a victory, they empowered him to des- to destroy the home, yeah. to burn the family <laughs> to death. And uh, that's an important lesson. Yeah, <laughs> don't give children hope because they <laughs> might burn you to death. Later. Exactly. <laughs> now the uh, well, okay. Last Henry tale of the tape. Uh, this is the least this is less interesting but it was that i taped it i taped this well the first time it was but the next week or when there was the next episode i normally was very good at starting the record after the credits ended but i started the record right as the leprechaun appeared so on my tapes it was burn the house down burn the up. Da, 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 uh, and then it just starts the next uh, That's funny. At some point, you never learned your lesson, Henry, never and it infuriates did. me every time you tell these stories. <laughs> After the 30th time you mess up a recording, <laughs> just leave the commercial. You know I'm, how cheap I'm, blank tape is? It felt uh, I refused to learn lessons as a teen. <laughs> as a kid, that was my main thing was a refusal to learn lessons and I, that's good that's like uh you're a tv character <laughs> yeah exactly you're, you're a good sitcom character uh as an adult i'm very good at recordings i never mess up our <laughs> recordings true. i i learned my lesson since then but uh, there's no tale of the audacity <laughs> i also think lisa's life will have a lot of inferior men she has to not take credit on something to make them feel better i think that's she's probably gone through that a lot it's a better to be prepared for it at a young age <laughs> <laughs> and i also like that they that wiggle Lou and Eddie, they all think that he's still 
they all think he is faking it as they're carrying him away. Him, like yeah. he's just like run. <laughs> like they they still think it's a performance. That's insane. That's why they have to end that scene very quickly. They're famously good at their jobs. <laughs> they're very good. So usually Lou and Eddie are not as bad as Wiggum, but uh, here they're all just so impressed by uh, Quimby's acting. It's quite a show to put on. But this episode to wrap up, I guess uh, it's a great Ralph episode. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy just how much again they lean into how contrived the ending is. Like the episode episode ends and then like another two minute mini episode begins <laughs> it's like you get a yeah. short at the end of the episode after ralph and bart become friends and bond at the <laughs> at the jail the abandoned jail mm-hmm. so yeah yeah it's good uh i like ralph there are some kind of ableist kind of jokes in here they do a lot worse ones in the future but mm-hmm. i like how they try to make you sympathize with this sort of joke machine character in this episode yeah. Yeah, I also like yeah. that too. Yeah, they find they find a lot of heart for Ralph, even though they're still doing jokes about him, staring into the middle distance and just stating things. But obviously, Bart will not hang out with Ralph any after this episode. No. But, uh, <laughs> but in this episode, they are friends and you feel like Bart will continue to be Ralph's friend. And yeah, I, I also like how arched and creaky some bits in here know they are and they just do it even more. Like, that's very funny writing to me. And so I, uh, kudos to Dan Graney and the uh, the rest of the season nine staff on this one. Also, yeah. uh, Neil Affleck and the animators too. I didn't mention the director before, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, they did a really they did a really fine job too. But uh, but yeah, Kate, any final thoughts on this episode? I I enjoyed it. I think it's a good one. <laughs> uh, well, thanks. Yeah, we'll do our thanks own. Thanks for having me. Do you have anything you want to plug right now? Yeah, watch Kate Am. Um, <laughs> it's actually spelled J A C K A M. It's my <laughs> Twitch show I do every morning. Common spelling. <laughs> my husband Jack. Uh, it's twitch.tv slash Jack Am. And uh, also, I'm doing a monthly zine. Mm. Every month, I'm sending out a zine on my Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Catreon. C-A-I-T-R-E-O-N. Yeah. Thank you so much for all your insight into just the the inner workings of the Simpsons office, too. Oh, yeah, of course. If you have any uh, questions about the mild but tedious (laughs) minutiae of working at the Simpsons, I know it well. From now on, when we name the writer of the episode, I want to name their lunch. (laughs) I can can be be that correspondent for you. (laughs) Okay, good, good. I need Uh, to know these things. They inform so much about their personality, I think. uh, It's very true. Oh, yeah. And what's your Twitter account, too? Uh, It's Kate. Raft, C-A-I-T-R-A-F-T. Excellent. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. So thanks again to Kate for joining us. But as for us, if you want to support the show and get lots of cool bonus things, tons of bonus podcasts, go to patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. And if you sign up at the $5 level, you'll get all sorts of bonus things like our currently unfurling miniseries Talking of the Hill, going through the entire first season of King of the Hill in this treatment. Also, other existing series like Talking Futurama and Talking Critic can be yours for the low cost of five bucks a month, along with, frankly, too many other bonus podcasts to list. But Henry, we have a newer $10 tier that has extra long podcasts mm-hmm. and so much more. Yes, if you want to hear me and Bob give the same treatment we give to Talking Simpsons episodes and a different animated series each week, you'll want to hear What a Cartoon Movie, where for over three hours an episode, once a month, we go through a different animated feature film. Last month in April, we did Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, three hours and 22 minutes, a spidery Oscar-winning fun, <laughs> and we give it all the same t- treatment we do this. Everybody loves 
loves that. And it's only available for the $10 and up patrons at the premium level. So if you're a $5 and up person who go up to 10 and you'll get access to already six different three hour long podcasts, that's 18 hours of content right there. And you'll get a new one each month, including one that is to be decided as the time of this recording, but it's going to be great too. And I already know. <laughs> so again, that is patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. We would appreciate your support and we'd like to give you back a lot of stuff for that support. But as for me, I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts. That's a classic gaming podcast. Check it out every Monday and occasionally Friday. Just look for Retronauts wherever you find podcasts and it'll probably be there. Henry. You can follow me, Henry Gilbert, on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Whenever there's updates on our podcasts or on the Patreon, I definitely tweet about it so you'll learn so much just about our content if you follow me on Twitter. H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. We'll see you next week for Simpson Tide. We'll see you then. Good one, guys. Simpson, go kiss the virtual ass. Yes, sir.